0: Young trees have a tough time growing in many northern Michigan forests. That might sound strange since our region is full of trees, but many hardwood species can't produce seedlings faster than deer can eat them. Today we'll hear about an idea to solve this problem that might sound counterintuitive. More aggressive logging. That's coming up on Points North, a show about the land, water, and inhabitants of the Upper Great Lakes. I'm Peter Payette. When Fred Tank became the caretaker of Power Island in 1985, there were no deer. And the island in West Grand Traverse Bay was lush with vegetation. Deer returned years later, and things changed to the point where where various species of plants and and uh, shrubs were disappearing. So at that point, about 10 years ago, we started talking about getting a predator out there for the deer. So a group of hunters with rifles took more than 60 deer off Power Island. Now it's open to bow hunters every fall. Fred says that seems to keep the system in balance. But solutions are not so simple on the mainland. And the problem is serious in Michigan's vast hardwood forests, which are getting old.
1: We're at the point where we need to make a change. We need to do something different so that we can assure sustainable hardwood forests for the future.
0: That's Jason Hartman, a forester with the DNR. He says what Michigan is doing now is spending almost a million dollars studying the problem.
1: This is far and away the largest forestry research project uh, our division has ever undertaken.
0: The man in charge of the research is Mike Walters, a forest ecologist at Michigan State University. Mike spends lots of time in the woods looking for signs of deer browsing.
1: And that's it right there.
0: Deer have a very distinctive uh, tearing
1: of the tips. Um, We're at one of his
0: research sites near Grayling. Mike agrees forests would be healthier if there were fewer deer, but he says that's not politically possible. Hunters have a lot of clout and they like plenty of deer around for hunting season.
1: So what we're trying to do is to regenerate trees uh, given uh, current deer populations. Mike wants to change how we log the
0: forest. Most logging in Michigan is pretty gentle, more like thinning the forest by taking out a few large trees. But he says that gentle approach lets in little sunlight. So to begin with, only shade-tolerant trees can sprout. Then deer eat some of these, and that leaves behind mainly two species. He points to a nearby group of saplings.
1: I would say about 90% of those are, are beech and ironwood.
0: Mike hopes to produce a more diverse forest with aggressive logging. Some of his research sites are almost clear-cut. The idea is that deer will avoid open areas, preferring the cover of the forest. And there's another strategy. They also turn up the soil with bulldozers to help a wider variety of seeds germinate. They even use herbicide to kill off the thickets of beech and ironwood. What they want to see is a thick jungle of diverse plant life spring up. More plants than the deer can eat
1: and also to deter their movement somewhat through here. The seedlings may be able to hide in uh, in this thicket of vegetation.
0: This intensive management may not be pretty, and it does cost more, but Mike Walters says it might be needed to grow trees, which is the point of forestry. You can see photos of their work at pointsnorthradio.org. Now, if you own forest land, it's likely your property suffers from deer over-browsing. Kama Ross says that's the case in 90% of the woodlots she visits. She's a forester with the Grand Traverse Conservation District. Kama says few landowners recognize the problem until she points it out. You know, they'll say, oh yeah, there used to be a lot of trillium and, and you know, all the wonderful ephemerals in the spring that I used to enjoy, and I'm not seeing them anymore. So then we can say, you know, hey, look at all these deer tracks we're walking along. Kama has suggestions for making your forests more diverse with plants deer are not likely to eat. She recommends trees like white pine and balsam fir and some native shrubs like American hickory. And Kama says the hickory nuts will attract wildlife like squirrels and chipmunks and turkeys. This is Points North from Interlochen Public Radio. Finally today, northern hardwoods like sugar maple and oak are widely used in floors and to build furniture. And unusual pieces of wood can have unique artistic value. But you can't get these at a lumber yard. Fred Kiesler from our Red Pine Radio group visited one place where you can find wooden oddities.
1: When Dan Zazoka started his mill, he bought logs for making lumber. But the word got out that he would take logs that were cut for utility lines and roads or left behind by storms. Otherwise they take them to a landfill or they burn them or they just let them rot. And there's some beautiful, beautiful wood out there that can be reclaimed. Dan owns and operates the Hillcraft Back 40 Sawmill near Carlin, Michigan. His saw loads and slices logs that are up to three feet in diameter into boards and beams. He's fascinated by the natural beauty of wood grains. Anytime I cut a log up, it's like opening up a Christmas present, so to speak. You don't know what you're going to find inside of it because it can surprise you. Uh, the looks, the grains, the knots, how it was formed, that to me is intriguing. I kind of hoard pieces of wood, the unique pieces. Uh, clients that come in, and uh, they're looking for that, not the common something you bought in a big box store, so to speak. Dan's select boards and beams can be seen in many public places, especially breweries and wineries. He has supplied the National Park Service for restoration of historic buildings on North and South Manitou Islands. Interlocking State Park has picnic tables made from pine and poplar trees that came down in a windstorm. Dan has an admiration for trees. He sees a similarity of natural wood grains and life. Wood is like people. Everyone is different. That's our
0: show for this week. I'm Peter Payette. Thanks to Lexi Krupp and Fred Kiesler for their contributions. On next week's show, a discovery in the Straits of Mackinac, possibly left from the end of the last ice age. It's extremely likely that prehistoric peoples would have been living all over that landscape. And if they were living there, they would have left remains and those remains can be found by archaeologists. You can hear us Fridays during Morning Edition on IPR News Radio or search for Points North wherever you listen to podcasts. Stay safe and have a great weekend.